Uh, Y'all trying to think of something cool to say? Not something yeah. cool. Something funny. funny. Something funny and cool. Is that too much to Funny ask? things that happened in games this week. Did you find anything funny in games this week by Googling? Um, no. I mean, here's... Okay, so here's a Parade.com article called 100 Funny Things to Say When You Want to Make Someone's Day, which is kind of like... Can we, like, make those gaming, though? Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Cool. So here's one that says, um, after Tuesday, even the calendar says WTF. Because I guess it's like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, Yeah, sure. Okay, but not very gamey. I'm so glad we have brown cows. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any chocolate milk is one of these. This is the number one funniest thing to say that according to this Parade.com article. Okay. But, like, how are are gamers going to associate with that? Well, okay, so I'm so glad that we have Master Chief. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to help you. So I looked up the funniest moments in video games, and I did find an article from 2012. Okay, and that's great. I can't great. imagine that much has changed. Yeah, sure. So oh, what's it? Give me, give me <laughs> I'm what's so in there. worried. Um, number four, the bear transformation in Altered Beast. Okay, so I thought that this was going to be like a sort of, um, like Duke Nukem. No, 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 number, number one. Uh Uh-oh. The king saying, my boy, in Zelda, the wand of Gamelon. Gamelon. (laughs) Gamelon is it. Um, He says, my boy. Don't worry if Plan A fails. There's well, well, number 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 eight letters in the no alphabet. no no number number eight. Maybe you remember this one. All your base are belong to us. Fuck yeah. Do you yeah, feel like maybe we live in a different world <laughs> ten years later? I think like, so. And 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 I would go so far as to say a better world. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, number eleven, toasty. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I I hope that this is a list and there's no context below it. It just says toasty. (laughs) And people just have to know um, how funny that was. I'm on a seafood diet. I see food and I eat it. Yoshi. (laughs) (laughs) Then I poop it out into an egg. Does the... Wait. Is he... Is there babies in those eggs? Is there babies in those eggs? Uh, so, uh, I see. You found the funniest thing in video games. Does Yoshi poop babies or poop? Yeah, because he's eating food. I don't think that's it. I think we're close, though. Guys, god <laughs> dang, I feel like we're really close. We're going to crack it. <sighs> Do we need another 10 years before we can crack it? I mean, who knows where society will be in 2032? Um, um... If a picture is worth a thousand words, what is a mural? God dang, parade? None of this is anything, man. If anyone said any of this bogus shit to me, that would be the end of our friendship immediately. A mural is a picture. It's the same thing. It's just a big one. It's just a big picture. Are you ready? Yeah. I did go to jokesforus.com and looked up some gaming. anything. I looked up some gaming knock-knock jokes. Here we go. Knock-knock. Who's there? Ocelot. Ocelot who? Noobs ask a lot of questions. Do you know what that means? Do you realize what that means, guys? 
Knock knocks. Who's there? Juicy. Juicy who? Did you see that kill streak? Fuck yes, that one good. That yeah, that's one a good, good one. That that is that one actually. Good. Okay, we're gonna end on a high note. Plant, bring your bring your a bring game. Bring it home. Bring it. Bring the fire. Knock knock. Who's there? Koala. Koala who? Quality duty Black Ops Four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got there. I believed the whole time. My name is Griffin McElroy, I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Ross Frostrick, and I know the best game of the week. And welcome to The Besties, a show where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It's a game of the year club, and just by listening, you, my best friend, are a member. We are running one man light this week, as is has been the case for the last few, but... I like the three-person energy person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After that, <laughs> even that, when I was open. even when I was gone last week, and it was me who wasn't here, I uh-huh. like that energy. You like oh, the yeah. one-person, you alone energy, is what you're saying. That I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> that would be a wild version of this podcast if it was just one of us. Like, and then in um the Tetris uh, L block, <laughs> you can turn it left or right. Um, we don't really have a subject this week we uh, well we do because we have a lot of dope shit to talk about we We have too many subjects this week we have uh, a great deal of subjects and we're going to dive into the grab bag and just sort of speak our truths cool in just just a moment I, i would ask chris plant to set it up but like I don't know what else there is. I mean, well, to be clear, we're just talking about games that you might have missed. Awesome games that you might have missed from the last couple months, maybe. Oh, I don't know if that was the subject of what I prepared, but that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) And we'll start it right after this. This episode of The Best Needs is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right. So, you know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos. You can do whatever you want. And it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames. And they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Griffin, we got to start this in the place that everybody wants us to start this. 
which is Destiny Two feelings from you. Yeah, we last week we, it was a, it was a, it was a wild choice. You were out, and we said, yeah. "Well, Griffin's out. What if we did Destiny Two in a game that's a lot like Sekiro?" Yeah, and um, just only Justin had played it. <laughs> <laughs> where did what? So had either of you guys also played Destiny no. Two Lightfall? Okay, I imagine Justin was quite down. I mean, he wasn't that down. He still likes the combat. I think we're all in agreement that it is a spinning plates, you know, hat on a hat situation with that game right now. And uh, yes, that's Uh, sort of where it's at. I, 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 to, to summarize my position and I can dive into this more if it's not, uh, already boring. Um, I think that they have made a lot of changes to the core gameplay and the quality of life stuff. Um, that is kind of perfect for someone who plays Destiny like I do, which is to say, like, I am nowhere, I am nowhere near the like top echelon hardcore player like level. I just I simply do not have the time for it. Um, and so a lot of the things that sort of gameplay wise people weren't so wild about, like they've sort of simplified loadouts, um, and sort of removed uh, a, a few of the options for like some of the wilder builds that existed last season um i don't really care about that because i always felt like there was a pretty steep barrier of entry um before you could go like into build crafting and yeah all that shit um they have made that so easy now and i think i talked about that a little bit maybe two two weeks ago like how fun it is to just like make loadouts um and i i mean all the stuff that they've added the new subclasses are really fun to play as the they've added a bunch of weapons but you uh, like can't use the grappling hook if you want to be like the i don't know not, uh, i don't even remember the element void like a void hunter you no can't. yeah you have to be playing a strand to use the grappling hook but honestly like the the uh, a lot of people had complaints about the new like uh subclasses being like super weak when the game launched because they hadn't unlocked all of it yet oh. and within like a couple of days Bungie realized like yo people are not enjoying this and they just unlocked everything oh so mm. instead of having this like bullshit pointless time gated thing like they basically threw open the floodgates and i feel like that's when you started to see like a lot of the uh, opinions start to reverse a little bit um, do you think you'll ever do the raid? Yes, I do. Um, the The raid came out last Friday, and it uh, again, this is like another thing where I don't necessarily align with that the 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 one percenters. Um, but apparently that's what Bernie's complaining about, right? People apparently, play it's, like Destiny. <laughs> apparently, it's it's like kind of on the easier side. Yeah. Um, they Count do these, me in. When they when they when they launch raids, they do a race to see who can be the world's first to complete it. And the winning team did it in like a little over two hours, which is that's pretty short. Really short. Um, Last wish is probably the raid I have the most experience with, and that took people like a day yeah. of just pounding their head against it. So, it, it, from what I've under heard, it seems like a a very beginner friendly raid. Uh, that is just like a lot of ad clear or just like killing big waves of enemies uh, while doing like a lot of like platforming objectives. So they've, you know, it's it seems like it's way, way simpler to kind of comprehend than 
um, than than a lot of others. I uh, this is another thing where like I know I will need like a a few hours to like sit down and get in with a group and learn. Uh, I mean, Destiny LFG. There's there's yeah, I would play with randoms. They are adding LFG stuff like into the game at some point this year, but um, I'm not not sure when that's gonna happen. Yeah. All that said, t- I I am really enjoying playing Destiny. I think it's fun. I think that the hooks are there. I think there's a lot of stuff to chase. I missed out on like all the weapon crafting stuff, which I think is brilliant and great. And it uh, cuts down on a lot of the tedium of just trying to like grind out that weapon that has the perfect stats and perfect perks on it and all that. Um, The story (laughs) is the the worst it's it's ever been. Do you think? Don't you think the only and I, it's really hard to land what they're trying to land, which I, we talked, Absolutely we talked a little bit about this before. It's basically the Thanos moment of MCU where everything is culminating to this grand battle mm. for evil good, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, in conceptually, theory. I think it's supposed to be that. In, in, in practice, it would be like if in fucking uh, Infinity War, Thanos rolled up and was like, what's up, haters? I'm about to kill half your planet. And then Thor and Captain America and Iron Man and the gang were like, that's great. We're going to go, we're going to go um, <laughs> to Neptune. You have fun here. Like, this seems super dangerous. Like, I do not want you to kill half the planet. We are going to fuck off to Neptune for a bit. And there's some new, There's a. they're having a crazy sale on Funko Pops up there. We just got to <laughs> get there. Uh, it's, it is, it is bewildering how bad it is except that like it's not all that bewildering because i think a lot of people have spilled a lot of ink about the fact that this expansion is kind of a weird stopgap unintentional like filler uh expansion yeah there's the subclass that they added a lot of people think like hey narratively that would have made a lot more sense in the last expansion oh so they might have just overscoped it kicked it kicked the can down the road a little bit yeah uh, there's a cutscene at the beginning of this expansion that is like hot shit uh, in a good way. And then you fuck off to Neptune and do nothing for a while. And then at the end of it, it sort of just picks up where that first cutscene left off. So oh. you could literally just watch the beginning and ending cutscene and <laughs> not miss any. It's 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 worse than you could possibly imagine. Yeah, The writing is bad. The characters are bad the complete diffusal of all the... T- and, and I don't get me wrong. I haven't traditionally cared about Destiny's story. The problem is that they started to do it really good. Um, yeah. So, like, the last season uh, was called The Season of the Seraph, and it had all kinds of great shit with, like, the war mind Rasputin and, like, all these characters that you had, like, seen. And now only... Guess what? They have personalities. And um, it was it was getting really good. And then... Jesus Christ, it's 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 rough stuff. I think Fresh's Fresh's Infinity War point actually feels kind of spot on here because we all remember Endgame, right? Yeah. But there was that Avengers Infinity War movie that came right before it that no, was yeah, of set up extreme garbage, right? No, uh, that I really, was I really terrible. Liked- Come on. You're out of your mind. That was a good movie. No, uh, I'm it's, sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. You're I, right. I, I, Jean-Luc Godard didn't direct it, so I get the why you like Godard. That doesn't even make sense. There wasn't Listen, a sad clown I, crying on the streets of Paris. I get it. I like Endgame. What are we talking about here? <laughs> I is, like these movies. There is no, there is no, like, uh, uh, like uh, um, analogy 
that works here. This it, is no, such it, a, this well, is such a in defense weird... of plant. Plant is right for 90% of that movie is pretty bad. And then at the end, you have a little actual conflict and then people start dying off and it gets more interesting. But 90% yeah. of that movie is like, now we're in Tibet. It's the filler. It's I, a setup I agree. to the right. thing. It's but also, like, on the other hand, the other side of that coin is uh, Empire Strikes Back, right? Like, which I think this was also maybe meant to be a little bit. Because, like... Are we talking minor, about Destiny again? Minor, yeah, minor spoiler if okay. this is, like, even a thing. When the expansion ends, it's like, we lost. But you fucking really kind of didn't. Because you're still, like, a super-powered demigod <laughs> that, like... <laughs> Uh, and and everyone's still pretty okay. And Has anyone it, died since what's his name died? Uh, Cade six. Cade six. Um, like a a, a known and beloved character. Not to the extent that. And that was that like six was. years ago. It was forever ago, right? Yeah. No, I. It's it's you can't. They have set up this apocalyptic threat for nine years, <laughs> and then it fucking rolls up, and it just the, the camera just pans away. <laughs> for uh, the runtime of the expansion. So I, it, it, all that is so uh, like profoundly disappointing, but I still am really into playing Fun-ass shooting Destiny. game. Fun-ass yeah. shooting game. The after, after the campaign, there's like post-campaign uh, stuff where you're like fucking around with Amanda Holiday and like saving earthlings from these like uh, cabal prisons. Like that shit is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, the story is very, very bad. Okay, let's talk about something we, we really like. And I'm going to start by talking about Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. Hell yes. Cool. Okay. Uh, for those that are not aware, I mean, we've talked a lot about Dead Cells. I don't know that I need to go super in depth into what that is. But... We should give the basics. Okay, basics. Fair. Dead Cells is a roguelite Metroidvania, uh, basically a randomly generated Metroidvania where you run through and collect different, like, hundreds of powers and have totally custom builds as you make your way through this game. And the game has been supported like in the best possible way. Did you almost say obnoxiously? Uh, it's almost obnoxious <laughs> how well they've supported yeah, it post-launch because there's been like 30 updates, 90% of which are free, and they've just added a ton of content and accessibility features and, and all sorts of amazing stuff to the game. The latest expansion is called De A Return to Castlevania, it is a paid expansion, and it basically is a full-on crossover with the Castlevania franchise. Konami essentially handed over the reins to the Castlevania franchise to create uh, a handful of areas inspired by Castlevania. So you've got, like, outside of Dracula's castle, inside of Dracula's castle, you've got some boss fights with Death and Dracula and Medusa. You've got, like, classic bone-throwing skeletons and all sorts of stuff. The entire Castlevania soundtrack, like 52 tracks from the history of Castlevania, you can now listen to in the entirety of Dead Cells. Like you just change the, ca the soundtrack over to just Castlevania music. And uh, they added a bunch of new outfits and costu uh, like costumes that you can customize your character with, a bunch of new items you can unlock. It's probably one of the best, like, you know, obviously there are a number of, like, IP crossovers that have happened. Fortnite has like a ton of them. This is like the perfect example of how to do that right, where it all feels like a very earnest homage to the source material, which helps because Dead Cells was obviously very inspired by Castlevania to begin with. So it feels like a really perfect combo. 
and I was just like really blown away by it. Um, yeah, Griffin, did you play any at all? I have, yeah. I um, I did a handful of, of runs once I sort of hit the Castlevania content. Uh, which comes pretty quick for what it's worth. It does, it like does, yeah. Can... I, I started on, I played on Steam Deck, which I had not played um, Dead Cells on Steam before, so I was essentially starting from scratch, uh, which is not advisable. <laughs> I feel like I was excited to do that because I was like, oh man, I want to have this fresh experience. But like, God, it is... Uh, it can be frustrating because there's, there's abilities you just don't have. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, all it, it's... That game still feels really good yeah. to play, and playing it while you know Vampire Killer is in the background is just about as good as it gets. Yeah, uh, yeah. I f- I honestly feel like the stuff you unlock from the Castlevania expansion has been like way overpowered <laughs> yeah. compared to a lot of the other stuff. Maybe that's just sort of a recency bias thing, but like no. I mean, I'm using like the Vampire Whip basically like heals you and sets the ground on fire and has insane range. Yeah. And you compare that to just like, oh, here's a sword. And the the pretty throwing good. cross just like shreds yeah. enemies. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great game. It is bewildering how much shit they've added. It's fun. I didn't play it since they added the Everyone Is Here expansion. And so... Oh, that was the crossover with all the indie? That's the crossover with all the indie games. And so, uh, you, you know, you get that this insane experience of running around and like trying to... I'm trying to clear this level in two minutes and get 30, un- you know, uh, kills without getting hit so I can get all these bonus cells when I get... To- uh, is that a bench from fucking Hollow Knight? <laughs> <laughs> you run up to it and it's like, here's the sword from Hollow Knight. You just have that now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is... Um, it's really, really something else, man. And I, and I mentioned it a while ago, but just to reiterate, they added... Um, I guess assist features or accessibility features that yeah. allow you to like really mess with the difficulty such that like I play on like a lot of those sliders near maxed uh, to make it easier for myself so that I can basically play as an action game. Wait, is I, this different from the aspects thing that they've added? I don't know what aspects are. Okay, so um, they added like a thing that you can activate before any run, and they're like sort of super powered perks. Oh, um, yeah, that's different. Yeah, and they they keep you from unlocking new boss cells, which is kind of like the game's like difficulty progression. Mm. Um, like the number of boss cells you have active at any time sort of adds to the difficulty and uh, rewards that you can earn. Um, so there is like a balance to it. Yeah. So this is different. This is all in the settings menu. You can basically like, I'm going to say enemies will only do 20% damage to me and I'll do 200% damage to enemies, which sounds like it wouldn't be super fun for a lot, you know, if you're used to the hard game, but it allows me who like, doesn't really want to spend 60 hours becoming the perfect master of this game grind, yeah. to play on higher boss cell difficulties. So I'm getting more souls. I'm unlocking stuff quicker, which is more fun for me. And it just lets me like craft my experience. So if you're like intimidated by these roguelites, I think with those settings, this is one of the most welcoming ones out there because this it sa- really lets you dominate with those. This sounds ideal. And like it fixes my biggest problem with these games. Yeah. Which is that it's not, it doesn't feel skill based. It feels like, well, how much time do you want to invest in it? And it will slowly award you, you know, power to actually. Well, play it, more I will it. say it is skill based. You know, once you unlock everything, the game is still obscenely hard on normal difficulty. Like, it's just a very hard game. Y- yes. I think this removes the. That second um, layer. 
that layer yeah. of like I need to memorize every attack and right. every enemy in order to succeed, which I think is skill based. But well, it's, not just that, but like you need to unlock all of these different powers, ability powers, sure, effectively yeah. to to even compete, even if you are great. That's true. Like that's yeah. the part that I. It's not bad. I, I think for people especially people who have lots of time and commit to one game i think that's great because it you know motivates you to keep playing but yeah for me like i do not want to put a hundred hours into just dead cells yeah um does it feel like dead cells 2 is like going to be a thing is this i think is this dead it running cells, its course? i think eventually it wouldn't surprise me if it happened but dead cells is essentially following the same model as games like terraria Binding of mm-hmm. Isaac to some extent, where they realize that by just releasing mostly free updates and an occasional paid update, they will constantly increase their player base and just support that long term and continue to make a crap load of money, probably a lot more money than they would just like starting a new project totally from scratch. I think it'll eventually happen. But uh, the, yeah, I could see this game having like five more years of a life cycle, which yeah. is wild. That's wild. Playing what you've been playing. Uh, I've been playing a game called Patch Quest. Have you heard about this, Griffin? So I heard about it from Chris Plant. Oh, on cool! The Slack that channel earlier this week. Yeah, so it's like um, Binding of Isaac meets Pokemon meets Nobody Saves the World with a little bit of Metroidvania, which is not the most useful way to talk about video games. But I think that's kind of the point because it feels like what a 10 year old would try to make if they were like yeah i could make a video game why not i love that all these sound things very good <laughs> i'll go and do this I, I well yeah it's like i love all these different flavors i'm going to somehow put them all together and it's just gonna work right that's how video games work they're like only speaking in like pop culture references they have no clue how difficult it is to make a video game and then they go out and they do it but what's weird about patch quest is that it did work and I don't know how, um, and I am just absolutely smitten with it. So the basic way that the game works is you go out into a, a, the dungeon, Binding of Isaac style. You go from set room to set room fighting enemies that are these cute little animals. It's like 2D cartoony animated. And you have the ability to use um, a hook like a lasso that spins around you to wrangle any animal in the video game. And once you wrangle that animal, you by going basically making a giant circle around them, you mount the animal and then you can basically unlock uh, abilities for those animals. So you unlock a slug and it has like a special little bonus shooting mechanic that it does. Or you unlock, I don't know, a, a flying bear or whatever and it has electricity that uh stuns all enemies just tons and tons and tons of different abilities and uh different animals for you to collect and you work your way through the dungeon going deeper and deeper as you you know learn more about all these animals and unlock all their powers i realize the profound hypocrisy of me not connecting with dead cells because here i am saying that i like this (laughs) um i think the difference here for me with this though is and it's, it's all in the presentation there's like characters and animals and like new things to see rather than it being like the very blunt 
I can see powers being upgraded. I don't know. That if, if I had to guess, that's what I would say is doing it. This um, looks fun. I'm watching a trailer for it now. It looks uh it looks very bullet helly. Very bullet helly, yeah. So very, very bullet helly, especially as it goes on and on and on. And then it starts just layering stuff on. So any animal that you mount, you can send back to your home base. And they just kind of chill out there. As you um collect XP, you get this opportunity to turn any like object in the entire world into a thing called a pin and that you can send that pin back to your home base which means you plant say it's a tree or a statue you just have it just hanging out in your home base then as the game goes even deeper there are patches of the world that are missing and you can drop those pins into those patches and they add buffs so if you drop like a statue maybe that gives you like uh makes your ammo extra powerful and maybe if you drop a, a pomegranate bush, it gives you a special pomegranate ammo that is, like, explosive. I didn't mention this, but there's also fruit bushes everywhere, and each fruit is, like, a different type of uh, ammo. So you have, like, a shotgun or an explosion or, or giant bullets. Um, it's just a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a ton of mechanical stuff going on. Um, and all of it really works for me. One other thing, and then I'm going to throw it to Frustic because I, I know that he's going to dunk on it, and I think that's okay. I'm not going to dunk on it. You can it, dunk on it. It's okay. It, go, go, go. I, I, nice I, thing. The, the, the last thing is uh, the, the map is always the same. So it's not a like Spelunky style roguelike. You actually are going deeper and deeper and deeper into the map and unlocking gates the further you go that make it easier to go deeper the longer you play. And what I've enjoyed about it is it feels like the game is probably, I don't know, maybe 15 hours long is a guess with how far I'm in, maybe shorter, maybe more. And it feels like I'm making like very, very tangible progress every time I play and that there's like an end in sight. Uh, which I like. I like that it, that it feels like its own very self-contained little game. It's like fifteen bucks, I think, maybe like eighteen when it's not on sale, which again matches matches that kind of feeling of investment. But fresh. So here's the setup. I was certain fresh was going to love this game. Like it felt to me like I mean the on paper most frustic game. Uh oh. On but, paper, it is my kind of game, and even in screenshots and video, it looks like my kind of game. Um, I played it. I didn't hate it let me be clear but i would say that i play like a ton of these sorts of rogue lights and something so of I'm, a pro i'm just a snob about this stuff so like so for me the game feel of this game was really what was holding it back for me like sh- the the weapons shooting and the you know just moving around the world just felt very insubstantial, which a lot of that has to do with like the art style they've picked, which I don't think is a bad art style, but it by nature feels like you're just sort of like this piece of paper moving across another piece of paper Mm. and everything just feels a little like non-tactile. It looks a little um, scribble knots. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I think it has that similar vibe as being like particularly tight mechanically yeah it just it doesn't feel very uh again tactile or or grippy as it were yeah um i think a lot of people will probably gravitate to it just by like you know if they like the art style and they like collecting things that's great um i just wish that it it just needed a little bit more like uh you know nuclear throne has like this definition of like screen shake that has been like travel that used in other like 
360 shooters to like add element of like you know game feel and Mm -hmm. it just i think it needs a little more attention on that front but you know i think overall it's a pretty good game um we gonna take a break maybe i think we're gonna take a break talk about some more stuff you go get a phone you just want a phone talk to your friends and family you're not asking so much then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech you know the contract may sound good uh, up front but there's always some sort of catch you know who's not going to do that to you not going to pull that nonsense mint mobile their wireless plans there is no catch 15 dollars a month when you purchase a three-month plan mint mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you you want to pay hundreds of dollars for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan or you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash besties that's mintmobile.com slash besties Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. I want to talk about this new game that everyone's really excited about. Oh, yeah? Uh, it's called Sea of Thieves from the Rare Corporation. <laughs> mm. And when, uh, when did Sea of Thieves come out? 1991. <laughs> okay. 1975. It is actually almost to the day five years old at this point. Oh, really? Yeah. That's something. Um <laughs> So we started streaming this game a couple months ago um, for, like, we do, like, a Monday gaming stream, me and Justin and Travis, uh, and picked it up and played it some, and I was impressed because they've added, like, a lot of 
stuff. I played the game at launch and then didn't because uh, it didn't really they didn't have enough stuff to sort of hold my attention. And so just sort of casually streaming it, I was like, oh, this is cool. They've added a lot of stuff, but I'm, you know, it's it's a, still a little bit opaque. It's still a little bit hard to uh, to really dive in there. Uh, and then I started playing with people who were actually good at the game. Uh, I started playing with uh, the crew over at uh, Dead Meat, which is a great YouTube channel about horror movies, uh, James and Chelsea and uh, one of their friends, and we just started, we hopped on a, a galleon and we just started pirating. And that is a game that is really special and really cool. And it does stuff that I don't think any other game really does. And you absolutely need an experienced player to show yeah. you how to do it. Because otherwise it, there's, it's, it is uh, Im- impenetrable. Not just impenetrable. I think you can actually enjoy Sea of Thieves. Like I, I will, you know, I hop in there solo sometimes just to run a, a quick mission or do one of like the wild story things. I just dove into the Pirates of the Caribbean like uh, quests that you can do, which are very neat if you have any affinity for that uh, for that franchise at all. Uh, but like the really high level stuff including basically all player versus player combat you really need somebody to show you the ropes or else especially so, literally DVD, in this case yes exactly <laughs> you need somebody to, to show you which what the ropes do um if you don't have that then the first time an, an enemy ship like controlled by other people rolls up on you you're just going to get flat and do you think that's just because anyone who's still playing the game is by yes. their nature a hardcore is a hardcore player. I will say this. The game has a pretty cool community. And I have had lots of run-ins with other ships that uh, could very easily have destroyed me and taken the meager scraps of treasure that I had earned along the way. But uh, pretty much invariably, they've been pretty cool about it and and pretty helpful. I think this is uh, one of those delightful games where the community actually wants more people to be playing the game. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be an overgeneralization, um, but just just playing with the the dead meat folks and going in for like a you know two or three hour session of just like sailing and collecting just dozens and dozens dozens and dozens of treasure chests and you know getting attacked by enemy players and like actually winning in a fight. It is some of the most like thrilling video game stuff that i've done in in forever yeah i mean even when the game launched i like felt that thrill of it of like doing a multiplayer like fight and you're like you know the boat's sinking and you're trying to bail the boat out and you're trying to repair stuff and so like i don't know how much it's that stuff has evolved or is it really just like because they've played so much they like know the ins and outs of it yeah, no, there's a pretty high skill ceiling yeah. to, to the to the game. So players who know what they're doing are going to beat players who don't, no matter like what the loadout is or whatever. Yeah. If you haven't played Sea of Thieves, there is virtually zero like um, mechanical progression advantage. Yeah, there's no get. levels or anything like that. Right. Everything is either like completely aesthetic or it is like resource based and you can just like find those resources out out in the world it's not like oh well my ship cannons are level five so they're gonna you know some more like knowledge based of like more knowledge based so long that you know how to get to all these different places 
yeah, it's like less about that and more about like you know what it sounds like when an enemy player is like climbing your ship ladder to board <laughs> your ship from the wild. Um, you know that if you see uh, if you're in the middle of the ocean and you see a like merfolk person swimming, that's like the system that you use to get back to your ship if you fall off. So if you see one of those in the middle of the ocean, oh, you can just assume there. there's an enemy player nearby who's that's trying to so board your funny. ship. Right. So there's like a lot of stuff like that that is not that you only learn by playing the game lots and lots and lots. And unfortunately, I don't think that that is a per- like particular a particularly like attractive like proposal if you are doing it alone cuz it's not it's it's it is not fun to go out and find a bunch of treasure and then just get obliterated right uh, is there a way to play like if you wanted to just play in a server where everyone is solo is that even an option no no i don't i uh, i don't think so okay. you have very little control over that and that's by that's by design right like there's a big conversation pretty much constantly in the community from what i can tell of there being a sect of people who want like non PVP servers, yeah, because it is demoralizing to go and find a bunch of chests and then like lose lose all that progress. Yeah, they've made this like pretty incredible pirate simulator, and yeah. granted, pirates do fight each other. Yeah, but PVP is like another vibe entirely from just like exploring an ocean and and For sure. collecting treasure. Um, and l- like the rest of the game, like you can learn some like canny ways of uh, avoiding enemy ships, right? Uh, yeah. I, I sail, I, so I bought a ship. That's another big thing that they've added is, uh, captaincy. And once you've saved up like a pretty good chunk of change, uh, that maybe if you link up with a, a team of skilled, experienced CFDs players, you could actually probably, I mean, I knocked it out in like two sessions. Um, but once you own your own ship, you all of a sudden, like, uh, your resources that you have aboard the ship, like cannonballs and food and all that stuff, become like permanent. Oh. Um, and you can unlock all of these titles and uh, like visual upgrades for your ship, and uh, all of these different uh, all these different things that sort of make it a more streamlined process. You, oh, instead of having to like disembark your ship and then run the treasures to the various factions that they have to be sold to. Once you own your own ship, you, there's one dealer that you have to deal with from that point on which makes the whole like loop of the game like a whole lot easier to get behind yeah um there there's so much cool shit in this game and when it works and you are in it and you are in a furious battle with an enemy ship uh there's all of these really satisfying things (laughs) this is telling i had never gotten in a like successful ship fight to a degree where I was like, you know, launching cannons into their their ship and like putting in a bunch of damage. But when you do, it plays this like violin stinger every time you get a hit that like uh, increases in pitch as you go. Uh, it fights in that game can be like some of the most entertaining like uh, P- PvP encounters that I've maybe ever had. But I think that the stars really have to align for you. If if you are coming at the game fresh, um, so yeah, that's that's see if these I I you know it's funny we talked about there needing to be a Dead Cells two. I feel like if there was like a Sea of Thieves two, where maybe there was some uh, uh, maybe a little bit more stuff to to do in the game, uh, specifically as a solo player, uh, and people were starting from a more sort of even footing experience wise, it would be a different story, but. If you can find some people to play with, um, and I think that the Sea of Thieves community would be more than willing to 
to let let people in on that uh it is it is exceptional and there's always game. skull and bones from ubisoft there's always e- skull and bones from ubisoft if you want to go a different route with e- it for sure thank you russ i do you, do you think this is like a problem for much 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 younger people like a teenagers who know how to use like subreddits and discord to find people to play with no i don't think it'll be hard for them at, uh, at all um, yeah and there yeah. is like matchmaking in the game right like you can hop into a, a a server and you know just join a join a crew um i think the game really soars when you have like a you know a few people that you actually know best and you're on a captained ship uh and sort of like living out that fantasy mm-hmm. um yeah, I think it takes some work, but I think that it's it is a very very cool game. I think that a new season is about to launch, uh which as far as I can tell doesn't change the game in any sort of huge transformative ways, but you know, there'll probably be a groundswell of people playing. So, now's the time. Now is I the time. I bought a ship and I called it Goku cuz it's the coolest name <laughs> that there is. And so now when enemy players see my fearsome little fucking tugboat sailing at them, with the sails incorrectly placed, and they look at me through their little telescope. It just says Goku. On <laughs> when it, when like, you're like blasting out across the ocean, would you say it's going super surfing? I yeah, that's what is next. What is next? So the mailbag is next. Um, a bunch of people have some other recommendations of stuff that we awesome. have not talked about as much. One. Everybody recommends Pizza Tower, which I think we've talked about a little bit. I think we might have talked about it on Resties. Resties maybe. That's maybe. the Wario Land looking. Yeah, it, it one, plays yeah. It plays like Wario Land, a wild ass art style. Yeah, yeah. If you um, if you haven't heard about it, uh, go to Polygon's YouTube page because there's a great video by Pat Gill on on this game. I was going to compare it to the art style in Liquid Television, but I feel like that is oh wow so fucking dating. Anyone would yeah. I would say it's kind of MS Paint esque. Yeah, okay, um, that's fine. Okay, so this one is from uh, Luke. Did any of you give Chain to Echoes a solid play? One of the best RPGs yes. I've played in years. You, you, do you want to say something? I, I didn't play a ton of it. Um, I picked it up when I was in the middle of like my uh, Dragon Quest education, uh, and so I had a, a real hankering for RPGs. Uh, but to be completely frank, I burned myself out so fucking hard uh, by, <laughs> unsurprisingly, by playing uh, all the Dragon Quest games in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's really neat. It's really polished. It's like a uh, kind of mecha JRPG uh, mm. where oh, you, like you, um, what, which Final Fantasy was that? Four, I think. Had like mechs in it. Six had mechs in Six. it. Uh, I mean, Xeno Gears would be the more sort of like direct yeah. par- parallel. Um, and it is presented. It it looks a lot like Chrono Trigger. Which yeah, is, I was gonna say, yeah. which is real good for me. That works. Uh, there's really cool sort of ways of building the characters and sort of choosing which skills that you unlock. And then in in battle, there is this mechanic where. By using different types of skills, you sort of have this heat meter that you need to keep in like a specific range. And if you keep it in a specific range, then like your attacks do more damage and they cost less skill points to use. But sometimes like you'll need to use a skill that's going to bump you out of that range. So you're it, it adds a layer of strategy on top of it that is really interesting. Um, 
yeah, it, this this Chained Echoes is one that I am really excited to return to once I have a bit more of an appetite and also time for it. Um, but I, I think uh, all the hype for that game is is pretty well earned. To finish the point that Luke was making, I thought was interesting. He said, uh, truly in so many places you can tell that they asked, but is this fun when <laughs> working with trappings of classic RPGs and made the fun choice? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That you know, really I think cool. people... Uh, frequently are like, well, that's how they did it in whatever, Castlevania 2, so we got to do it that way. It has yeah. to be miserable now. Yeah. I, I, I didn't reach this point, but I know you get to a point where, like, you have these mech suits for your characters, and then you can just fucking fly over the <laughs> over the map. Instead of having to very sort of slowly trudge from point A to point B, you just hop in your robot and fly incredibly quickly. That's dope. Uh, which sounds really That sounds cool. great. Uh, this is uh, from Elden Lord T-Mac. Didn't you guys, uh, didn't hear you guys mention it much, but I absolutely loved Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, the remake of Crisis Core from the PSP. The upgrade from the PSP to PS5 was immense. It was such a fun experience, and the combat was heavily improved. Absolutely loved it and loved Zach Fair. I, uh, I adore Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. It's one of my favorite games of all time. But... Crisis Core was so fucking bad. <laughs> And it seems like you can remaster that. I, I, th- am I wrong? This I've heard shit great kind of things came about this and game, went to be like fair. a like a thief in the night. I did not know they were remaking Crisis Core until like a month before the game was out, and then it came out without me knowing it. And I, I am shocked. If is if is good, I'll a seventy eight on Metacritic. That's not terrible. Does That's it still have terrible. like the wild materia slot machine? I have no idea. System that you're I asking mean, the wrong. That was the the like uh, main mechanic of Crisis Core is that there was this slot machine that was going, and I think you could change like what was on the slot machine based on like what materia you had equipped, but it was so clunky and bad. And so you know maybe they fully removed that. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, this one comes from, uh, Into the Aether host and Crisis Core mega fan Stephen Hilger. I'm still early in the game, but 8-Bit Adventures 2 is a really fun take on classic Final Fantasy. I think it might be getting eclipsed by Octopath 2 and Chained Echoes, but I think all three games prove there's more to explore with retro RPG game design than just pure nostalgia. 8-Bit Adventures 2, yeah, I looked it up on Steam, It, it really does, like, artistically, extremely look like the NES era Final Fantasy games. Griffin, uh, did you end up playing Octopath 2? <laughs> this looks like um, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. This uh, uh, 8-Bit Adventures 2 that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Uh, did I play wait, uh, Octopath 2? No. Uh, People I, seem I, to really like it. Yeah, I, I feel like we might. Have, maybe that'll be something we can revisit in the slow period this year, which is never. And maybe I'll maybe be, you guys could play it. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I love like how these games look the octopath games bravely uh default i feel like kind of has that vibe i yeah. have played all of those octopath one i was so excited for but the structure of that game of just like eight inherently completely disconnected stories kept me from really like uh, I think eventually Griffin, they come I think together, you should give it a try. Yeah. yeah, every everybody that I know who was in that exact same boat is Goo Goo Gaga for Octopath okay. Two. Um, the problem I, I have is 
the one person who is like so rah-rah about it is Jason Schreier of yeah. the Triple Kick Click podcast. And I just can't trust his taste when it comes no, to I mean, <laughs> the, the person that we just quoted, uh, Stephen Hilgron, and they, they are like... Uh, like I think it's probably his like game of the year. It seems like wow. So I, I I I've listened to a few different people. I will, who che- are I will check it out. Really into it. Um, last one, and I extremely support this one. And we think we briefly touched on it on Rusty's, and hopefully we we'll talk about it again later. Uh, this one is from Punished Joe. Paranormasite. By God, give a look to Paranormasite. This it's game, on iOS now. I thought it's about on iOS. Um, it um, I would definitely play it on your iPhone, or if you have like a smaller iPad or a smaller Android tablet, play there. I tried to play it on iPad, like full normal size iPad. Was really looking forward to it, and I hopefully update it because the resolution is horrible. Oh no! It no. looks ugly on a normal iPad, which is such a disappointment because it feels built for touchscreen. That said, if you like really cool, weird visual novel mystery games, um, I think you would, should definitely check this out. Um, and uh, also just basically Google its history. Um, the, the main creative behind this game has a long history of making mobile games in Japan that like never got released in the US, but are these like massively popular mystery games and this is the first one i believe to really get a u.s release um so i'm hoping that one this does well and two that that means some of those old games get translated over here um because wow it's yeah it's it's pretty fantastic also again i think it's like 15 bucks like we're living in a golden age of of much cheaper games that 8-bit adventures too 1999. Love right. it. Love it. Um, any any honorable mentions? That's what the whole episode's been. It'd be fucking wild if we were hold, keeping an arrow in the I've got. I've got one. <laughs> uh, I would like to call out the Resident Evil 4 remake demo, which is available on basically all platforms now. Um, the demo is a is a remake of the original demo for Resident Evil 4 insofar as it basically lets you play through the kind of famous slash infamous um, village survival sequence at the very beginning of Resident Evil 4. You mean the worst fucking part of the game? Do you really think that it's the worst part of the game? Do I think that the beginning sequence of of Resident Evil 4 is the worst part of the game? Yeah. Yeah, clearly. I think it's that is fun. actually not the, the general opinion anymore. I think it is a it is unquestionably the hardest part of the game, but I yeah. think it's one of the best parts of that game and certainly one of the most memorable parts of that that's game. interesting yeah i think maybe just i'm coming at it from a different perspective because i don't think it's fun to have a billion zombies swarming <laughs> you when you have uh fucking nothing it's, uh, it's realistic oh it's realistic it okay that's yeah that's really why I what would the happen Resident if you were in a european sure. city and yeah. zombies were swarming at you it's definitely not uh my favorite part of the game is definitely not when you're shooting at zombie napoleon with a fucking huge pistol that fires rockets <laughs> that's not fun that's video games it sounds like you're a resident like evil that. five guy to me is what yeah, five sounds- and six are where it's at for me baby <laughs> uh okay so for those that do appreciate it or are just curious about it i mean the demo is is free obviously and it gives you a look at um, how much they've improved the visuals, which is pretty stunning. You can also get a feel for the controls. I know Plant bounced off the original Resident Evil 4 because you couldn't move and shoot at the same time. You can do that in the remake. Don't worry. Um, I was playing through it, and 
uh, you know, as Griffin was sort of describing, uh, you do get swarmed pretty intensely and a chainsaw guy shows up and you're like scrambling to stay alive. I tried to survive that chainsaw guy by running away. I ran into a barn. There was a cow in the barn, like a normal cow, not like a zombie cow. I guess one of the zombies threw like a knife and hit a um, a lantern above the cow. The lantern drops to the floor. The cow ignites in flame and starts running through the zombies like crazy. And it was one of the most amazing moments in video games the last <laughs> like five years for me. Uh, it's on my, I captured it on Twitter if you want to see it. But uh, yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say. I'm playing the full version of Resident Evil 4. I can't talk about it yet, but I can talk about what's in the demo. I think the demo is sick. But uh, as Griffin alluded to, uh, obviously, there's a lot more progression and character advancement stuff in the main game. So yeah. uh, in a couple weeks when we're allowed to talk about it, we will have a full episode about Resident Evil 4 Remake. But for now, play the demo. It's great. I can't wait. Uh, Chris, you want to try and summarize all the games we talked about? Wait, today, Plant has an honorable mention. I was just oh, which say. I'm like half cringing about, but we'll see how it goes. No, I, I, I went and saw Cloud Atlas the other night, and it's still a good movie problematic yeah i was yeah. gonna say that that's the only reason i was cringing yeah i mean it, it, I, I think everybody knows that part of it but i will also say like the movie for all of its problems is made by the wachowski's sisters coming from a deep place of uh universal warmth and beauty and hope for all of humanity um and i think that's what really stuck out with me this viewing also the book if any of y'all have not read David Mitchell, you should. I think I think really anybody who is listening to the show would love his books and those that stuff like uh, Cloud Atlas, but also Black Swan Green or Bone Clocks or Thousand Autumns of Jacob DeZoet, which I think I've talked about on the show. Anyway, it's all good stuff. Uh, to recap, what we wait, talked I, about. I didn't. Re- I forgot that we talk about things that aren't games on this show sometimes. Yeah, go ahead. There's a new Netflix reality show that I like called, yeah. Run, for the, called Run for the Money. Run? And um, it's, a, it's a Japanese game show. Yeah. Uh, that takes place in this theme park in, I want to say, like Nagasaki, that is meant to look like Bruges, essentially. Mm. Um, and so it's this huge theme park, and they have like 30 Japanese celebrities, like a mix of comedians and athletes and you know uh anyone you recognized musicians yeah so there's this show called documental that i maybe have talked about on the show before mm-hmm. that is like a, 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 a they put 10 comedians in a room together and if you laugh you are kicked out uh and it's very fucking funny it's on amazon i think and i have seen five or six people from there that um that that are on this show uh also a couple people that guest hosted terrace house were have have been on it too. Um and the premise is that these 30 celebrities are set loose in this theme park and then they release uh like 10 uh hunters who wear these sunglasses and black masks and they just chase them. And the longer that you stay alive, the higher the prize pot gets. What and are they, they doing to do they like shoot them with something? No, it's just tag Oh. Um, but there are rules about like they can't run if they don't see uh, a player. If oh, the hunters player, can't can, run. The hunters can't run. Got right? it. Uh, but then they add challenges like they took uh, drones and put letters on them, and you had to find the drones by like running around and put together like what the word is that it spells. 
Uh, and then they introduce a trader mechanic where two players can tattle on other players to earn money for themselves. And so all of a sudden, all the players stop trusting each other. And the whole thing is presented in this like just delightful, over-the-top fashion. Uh, it, it's 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 really it's been really fun. Hey Griffin, can you uh, can you check your treat. Slack for me really quick? Oh sure. What am I looking at here? Here's a picture of my shirtless brother. Uh, oh yeah, so this is uh, yeah. So Run for the Money is a uh, adaptation of. Uh, of a game show that has been on in Japan since like 2008 called Run for Money Tosuchu. I probably did not do a very good job of saying that, but uh, yeah, it's one of the, like many, many Netflix sort of Japanese uh, imports. It's It's been going on for a while. And you left out the best part. Oh, and there is a Nintendo 3DS game called, yeah. called Run for Money. That, oh, uh, is it any good? It, it looks like it, like it, no <laughs> it, it looks like you play as like your wee character yeah um uh yeah i don't know about that I'm yeah I, I, yeah it's a fun trailer works for wee sports that is uh, so true um shall i recap yes, go. everything okay what all did we talk about today today we talked about uh patch quest destiny 2 sea of thieves Dead Cells Castlevania. We also had recommendations of Pizza Tower, uh, Chained Echoes, Final Fantasy VII Reunion Crisis Core, 8-Bit Adventures 2, Paranormasite, Cloud Atlas, Resident Evil 4 Demo, and Run for the Money, now on Netflix. Um, thank you so much for listening. Everybody. I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews to the besties on Apple good, Podcasts. Good. Thank you to Brago Stinklord, long friend of the show. Also, thank you to The Stuff Is Good and Popo Nino. Thank you for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. And thank you to everyone else who's written reviews or talked about the show or been excellent in any way. Yeah. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode. What are we talking about next week? Do we I know? think we're doing Metal Gear Solid 2 next week. Oh, my God. Here we go. This is the This is it, man. This is the big one for me. Yeah, I, is can't, it? I cannot wait to play this fucking game again. <laughs> what's the best, what's the good version? If if we do want to really do this this book club thing, what's the right version for people to, to, to play? Can we even make that decision now before we have? I don't, uh, I don't know. There, there, there's, there's a modded version on PC that I think fixes the camera. Like it puts it behind your back. I think oh, what's wrong much... with the camera? The camera's great. The camera's great. Yeah. I've heard no complaints about the camera <laughs> okay, in okay. any of these games. Okay, so that'll be next week. Um, so join us again for the besties because shouldn't the world's best friends play the world's best games? <laughs>